What's up, guys? It's your girl, Two Titty Tia. Two Titty Tia in the house, and it's your man, Eyes Open. <laughs> and I just wanted to come here today to tell you I need you to follow me. I need you to follow with all due respect. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Yo, 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 it's your man, Castro X. Follow us on Twitter at A underscore broadcasting on uh, Facebook at uh, With All Due Respect Podcast and uh, Two Titties. Let them know what the... uh, the Instagram, we got our Instagram is with all due respect 001. And I just want y'all to go ahead and uh, check out Two Titties' new show, The Art of Being Human podcast, and check out Eyes Open's uh, Eyes Open show, uh, The Open Eyes podcast, man. You can find it on Spotify. Thank y'all so much. About to lasso, Castro the asshole, turn him in a mincemeat for a ramen casserole. Beat it to a thick booty bad bitch. She'll fucking kill me if I try to feed a cabbage. Pussy fried catfish. I'ma hit them boys with Mandalorian hat tricks. I ain't never had shit till I turned a rabbit. A rapper, the rapper, Kappa Lambda. I'm on some fresh shit. Packing on packers, damage, damage, no stacking damage. Acting out like an asses. If you move it against me, it's like my last. You should've taken some classes. Uh huh. Baby, what is he rapping? If you couldn't hack it, then maybe you should trash it. I'ma serve it like a delivery package. Misery's a habit in the latest fashion. She likes to pull up in the fastest. Hoopy with the black tip. We get it cracking. She releasing the dragon. Hold up. Fire breathing. I am not a heathen. I am just a lion crushing everything he's saying. Heat seeking, miss a lot with the beacon. With all due respect, fuck you for even speaking. How? Yo, 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 it's your man Castro X coming at y'all live and direct with the With All Due Respect podcast, man. I got a very special guest in the building with me today, man. Uh, Brandon Had Enough Young from Moogan Music, you know what I'm saying? Veteran to Tulsa, uh, as far as the hip hop scene goes, as far as just putting on music uh in general goes my man has been around for quite a bit of time man doing his thing putting it on uh also got eyes open from the open eyes podcast in the building man but uh you know what i'm saying how you doing brandon how you been i'm doing pretty good man yeah, yeah. How you, what you've been building on what you uh yeah what's life like um i guess where do i start um i guess i'll start with the music well we'll start with the podcast hmm. uh since that's what we're doing right now um I had a podcast, I've done podcasting before, just strictly audio. Mm. Uh, me and actually my business partner with Mugen, we had a podcast called Assholes with a Cause. Wait, I can cuss? Or? Yeah, you can. Okay, just checking. We <laughs> <laughs> ask afterwards. Right. No, so we had that, and I did that, just interview musicians, where they could have an uncensored platform. Right. Because, you, you know, you're going to have, you know, uh, complaints and grievances, or you just want to vent a little bit, or you just want to talk about... Uh, things people don't know like behind the scenes right so I started that podcast and then Ryan who's who's the CEO and we're both the founder of Mooga Music uh, this was before Mugen, so I interviewed him and he has a whole story he actually his old band did a show with Rage Against the Machine before they really? blew up he didn't they didn't even know who they were and uh, they actually that they actually that night is when Rage Against the Machine got founded it was somewhere in Texas. He was on tour. He's yeah, being a insane. he's being a punk band. So he had all kinds of stories. Um, so he was a really interesting person to interview. Uh, me knowing him, but I kind of wanted the world to kind of know his story too. And then people said he should be his co-host. So we did that, and then the whole show was us is getting high and drunk and just talking a bunch of shit. So we'd interview a lot of comedians, musicians, and stuff like that. Rustled a little feathers because, but the thing about it was, was I. I am a big fan of Joe Rogan, but I'm a big fan of Howard Stern, so that's kind of where the idea kind of stemmed from. Let's be a little raunchy. Those are both um, two big influences. We had guests who got in trouble with their girls because they're telling stories about the craziest like sex experiences. 
and, and I guess the girl would listen. And it was just on SoundCloud, you know what I mean? And um, it, it ended up being something. Uh, we eventually stopped doing it just because our lever can only take so much, considering right. what the... And that and once we start the label, kind of... I know, like, Ryan kind of just said, hey, let's... I need to ease up on my reputation, you know, so that kind of thing. So, uh, and then, then once the label started, we just got busy with that. Right. So, uh... So I so I did that. Uh, I was a part of the We Are Tulsa Music podcast for their hip hop portion. So I did about a month full of a month full of like episodes. What was that like? Um, I just had it set up in my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just invited artists to come over and then talk to them. And um, so I did that for a little bit. Then I decided to start a video podcast because I feel like algorithm wise, I'm going to get more viewers. Uh, just because yeah. I don't know. Even though there's audio, people just want to look at visuals. People like to yeah. look at you. They that's why look at you than just hear I you. tell artists this all the time. That's why you don't get a whole lot of with SoundCloud and Reverb Nation and uh, links. YouTube, you will if you have a visual. Um, right. Unless pe- unless you're on Spotify or something like that, people want to see a visual. Uh, they'll just scroll right past. But for some reason, I, you can just have a video. I got just a video of me like literally in the room with a microphone, rapping the song. Right, and then I'll get like tons of views versus if it's just a link to spot to like Spotify or SoundCloud, or if it's just a frozen image, like just mm. a thumbnail, you know. So it's just kind of with Instagram and Facebook. That's just kind of how it works. I think it's less algorithms, and maybe just people who right. who just are are just more out of a just that that's just what grabs their attention. So, uh, so I started doing that and, uh, I started, I had my videographer started off. We had like a, we, we recorded in the studio. Um, and then just to be, just to kind of watch the cost cause, cause, uh, it's pretty expensive to do a video, especially if you're trying to do tons of episodes. Right. So I kind of moved it to my house and I kind of just did the filming and audio myself, but I got, once I kind of got into zoom and Streamyard. um, I was able to kind of interview my friends from out of state and stuff like that. And, um, so, uh, and now I'm just kind of scouting like YouTube and like right. Twitter for people that I really like that, that will just do an interview. So it's not even so, just artists. You're bringing everybody. Yeah. In. Yeah. Uh, like I, I interviewed two comedian friends, um, Evan Hughes, mm-hmm. which was a really good interview. And, uh, it, it got to, uh, and then my friend Courtney, who's a model, I interviewed her. And uh, we end up just talking about the dating scene, so we jumped on that. But uh, I, I get stuck in interviewing mostly artists, but that's just the majority of people I know. But uh, but it's always open. I'm trying to interview like district attorneys and that's local politicians, saying. just just to I understand. you know what I mean. So and then my my t- my big thing is I always start with how did you get started doing what you do, and I try to get as much stories and as much as we're not saying trying to get them super vulnerable. But say, what's some, like, I always ask, what's something people don't know about you? Right. You know, and then, because people have a perception, even a positive one, of everybody. Mm. And then, once they, oh, wow, I didn't know, like, what do you really like? You know? Mm. Um, stuff like that. Like, uh, what's something people don't know about you? And then some people like, well, people think I'm a people person, but really I'm an introvert or something like that. And I don't like human interaction. Like, people who they think, because you're friendly, that you're really people. Like, stuff like that. Like, what's something that people, so I ask questions like that and try to get if I'm interviewing an artist or a comedian, I try to get down to the the humane part of them. You know, like behind this. all that, what are you? What's what's it really like? You know, and then I've asked musicians, how do you mix touring with family? Does that mm. does that cause problems at home, or do you have a support system? And and um, so that subject's come up a couple times. So you get some real interesting. You get to find out kind of what it's really like. Like when someone says, um, you know, uh, I have support at home, but it's still kind of hurts when um you're you're on tour and you're sleeping in a motel six and your kid just says first word Mm. stuff like that so people tell real intriguing stories about stuff like that um but that's kind of podcast is more of i'm it's not so much a persona like the music part is right so it's more it's bared i you see me laughing because there's we're joking um and and it's just me, just basically just interviewing somebody and getting to know them, and so it's just another form. Um, and then that kind of ties into the movie reviews. Uh, I started just writing movie reviews on Facebook, and then people really liked the way I could just 
break down a movie or the way or what the whole plot behind it was. Um, and I never review movies I don't like because mm-hmm. I hate critics and how they shit on movies and music and all that. I, I absolutely hate it. So I'd rather just talk about movies I like. And, and there's going to be some flaws. I'll talk about, well, hey, this part, this is the only part of the movie wasn't, could have been worked, but it's always like a small part. Um, and so people like that is so much. So I said, well, what if I did a video? So I've done video forums and, and my video guy turned that into like a whole brand, you know, had a movie review and, and do like clips. And you still actively like doing the movie reviews? Yeah, I haven't done one in a while. Um, my next one I was going to do is Cannibal Holocaust. Okay, dope. Um, that's that just, one where it was really fucking intense, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it was, uh, I firmly believe it's the, it was the movie that inspired, uh, Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Um, cause there's, it's different, but there's a similarity. The only difference is Campbell Holocaust, you really see everything. Right. Um. It's a really graphic it's, film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been, it was banned in like 70 countries, I think. Yeah. Uh, pet, because there's actual scenes of animals getting killed or whatever mm. for survival reasons, as they put it. And uh, I know uh, animal rights activists uh, lost their shit. And, um, and then they made it look so graphic. Because uh, it's, it, it's, it's really, it was half of a found footage film. That's, you know, it's a film, but there's a portion because they're watching all the footage. And so it, I, I really feel like it's one of the movies that, that, built the found footage film but the found footage trend didn't come to way years later but Hamill a cannibal holocaust became a cult classic later on as as people kind of forgot about the controversy and then now that all these controversial horror films are, are becoming a thing mm-hmm. it's it's definitely it's in the it's everyone's top 10 what's the most fucked up movie it made it cannibal holocaust is up there um so uh yeah it's but yeah, it's super graphic, but it's all like makeup effects because they didn't have CGI. This was made back in the early '80s, I think. Yeah. But uh, it's it's really relevant now, and this is kind of what I was going to. I'm talking about because the whole concept is about media sensationalism, you know. So it's the cannibalism plays a part in it, but it's more of how they'll go anywhere to get a story and to twist the narrative of what's really going on versus what they tell and stuff like that so hmm. that's really the because uh, you know because the, uh, there's a saying in the movie I wonder who the real cannibals are so that's it, it's more than just you know some grotesque you know uh, murder and gore and stuff there's that I mean you know there's a castration scene and all this stuff and and um, disembowelment and all that but uh, there's like a real you know a real thick plot there so so, like yeah. I said, I heard it's intense. I've only yeah. got to see a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't even know that that, that was the underlining story. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, was, uh, yeah. it had so, so much more depth to it. Definitely. So, uh, but yeah. Sort of that. But as far as the music goes, um, I guess the best way I can kind of like start, like every, obviously everything starts in the studio because that's where I write and record. And so, um, so I'll... Uh, so write, record, uh, finding beats is the hard part, but uh, I've been able to network with producers. Like my video guy produces beats, and he's doing all the production on the new record I'm putting out. Is your video guy local? What's up? Is your video guy local? Oh yeah, yeah, he's right here. He does he does a lot of commercials, a lot of podcasts, um, music videos, and stuff like that. But uh, he did my la- the last two music videos I put out. He did okay. goes by Mosaic, and um, yeah, he does beats. Um, he does engineering and then he, the videos is like his main, his main thing. But, uh, he, uh, constantly upgrading knows what he's doing with the, there's no, there's no, but, um, but yeah, so yeah, work on, I work on that. And then as far as shows, I try to stay relatively busy. Um, I'll do like a lot of weekend runs. I'll do like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but, um, I go on tour in April after the, the new EP gets released. So so uh so i'll do stuff like that uh merchandise i always keep up hmm. uh which is my main income as far as music like and then then you got the online sales that comes about once a month so so outside of the music portion there's a lot of work i put in as far as making sure like the income so i, I operate it like it's a like it's a business like had enough as a company so because you're so, a brand though to yeah a degree, you know? yeah and i think that's great that mm-hmm. you, you you have that mindset you know what I yeah mean? 
uh, a lot of artists before they get into it I feel just thinking the rapping is all that you do but there's so much yeah. behind the scenes stuff especially if you're by yourself mm -hmm. I mean you have a label but yeah. I mean, you guys are independent to a degree you know yeah. what I mean so and the label really is just um, distribution mm. it's distribution and um, and there's artist development and stuff like that so like when the EP was ready I brought it to Ryan and then he listened to all the songs and then he'd sit there, and if there's a single he really, you know, likes, he goes, "This should be the, or this should be the song that we should push as a single." Mm. Um, you know, this is one we should push to try to try to get radio to play it, which uh, we have a good connect in Philly for for radio play, as long as it's censored. Um, you know, for you know for um, radio, you know, airwave reasons, but uh, especially if it's you know style wise radio friendly, but they'll but uh, they play like a lot of. Uh, unknown independent music underground yeah i just can't have any profanity in his all but uh my engineer is really cool at uh he'll he'll send me like a censored version and i try to do that for hindsight but when i listen to it it's like almost like 90 percent of the song sounds instrumental because there's so much cussing in it so that didn't work out the next one i have no cussing at so that's gonna be easy for to push to radio but yeah so he'll sit down and he'll say he'll advise hey what's the song called and i'll i'll say something like uh, it's called stuck, you know, stuck in my head. For example, he goes, uh, change it to you in my head. Like you want, you want three words. If you're into a single, it's kind of like how uh, was it instinctive? Bye bye bye. They mm. picked that title for certain reasons because he goes, even even though your direct audience might might be at the same IQ level, they they understand you and they might be as art, you know, in, you know, might have the same intellect as you. The vast majority of people are sheep. And her, you know, are simple-minded. Just that was just, you know, it's true. It's true. So you kind of have to be able to appeal to that if you're trying to trying to increase. Right. So, um, so when you pick a song type for a single, find something that that is going to the masses will kind of jump on. It's kind of like Cardi B did WAP. Obviously, mm -hmm. on the radio they can't say what ass pussy, but they say WAP, and people go, you know, dumb people go WAP, WAP, you know, stuff like that. Right. So it's simple. It's it's quick. It's three. It's you know. Whether it be one word, two, three words, so like, so he'll give advice, like think about stuff like that. Um, that way, you don't alienate yourself, because right. you have to realize a good portion of people are sheep. So you know, so you want to kind of make make sure they're uh, not mentally inexclusive. So stuff like that, like they can catch on. So he'll give advice. He say, "I suggest this be the opener," uh, and he'll listen to it. Goes that song should be second to last. Like I already picked which song will be the last on the record. So he'll give ideas like that. So you'll get basically marketing ideas and like what works. Um, and it also helps when it's somebody who isn't like passionately involved in the music because you can, your mind can be blocked from what's, what works consumer wise because you're all stuck into like the artist side. Mm. And I've told other artists, wives and girlfriends that they are a consumer. So, cause they always says, well, I like to give them feedback, but I was like, no, your feedback's important because there's certain things he don't think about because he's just thinking about the music. Right. And he, even if he thinks about the business side, but he doesn't think about what the consumer hears and what the, and in order to sell and build a fan base and make money, you kind of, you kind of have to know how consumers think. So, uh, so that kind of helps. He's, you know, and, and Ryan's real good at like knowing how consumers think and stuff like that. So, um, so that's kind of where the label kind of falls into that. Right. So, so, uh, so that's kind of what we do. So there's a lot of pre-planning, uh, but we sit down. Um, uh, we both got really good at making cover art, so we kind of save some money and, and be able to kind of come up with a design and, and stuff. So like you that. guys do your own little cover. Art, uh, yeah. For flyers, uh, I have I have three graphic designers. So it depends on what style I'm looking for. Depends on which one. Uh, my guy Dan Bailey, who's in the UK, he's my main guy. In fact, he's the one that made my main logo. So, really? uh, so yeah, nine, nine out of ten times, I'll, I'll I'll reach out to him, and uh, and he's really good at making flyers and and quick and and they they look pretty. So nine nine out of ten times, flyers you see of mine like on social media, you know, he made it straight so, from yeah. the UK. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's pretty dope. But yeah, so. Um, so we'll do shows, um, on occasion book tours. 
Um, I mean, that's that's really for the, the most part of it. I mean, I just started a Patreon, which is slowly building up because not many artists are doing it. So can I ask you yeah. some questions about the Patreon? Yeah. Uh, Patreon-wise, uh, is it just for the music or are you using it for your podcast as well with extra content things? I know um, a lot of casts. It's for right? everything. It's mostly focused on the music portion. Okay. Like, uh, like on Valentine's Day, since we were all snowed in, I made a song that was yeah. very Valentine's Day themed. And I'll, po- I'll post like just a snippet like on social media. And I say, hey, you can listen to the whole song for Patreon. And it's only a $10, $10 a month subscription. But if I release like a record, a single, a video, uh, Patreon members, uh, they'll get to see it like like a week early, like four, four days early. Right. And so they'll get early access. Um, uh, and there'll be, there'll be other perks like uh, what I'm wanting to do like in the future once I kind of build it up do like a live stream and, and Patreon members can come on like on live and talk to me ask me questions stuff like that I saw that so. you had did a, a a while back like a live concert I don't know if it was during the quarantine or just a little bit before that a live yeah. concert uh, when I said I don't mean it like a show at your home you did that shit yeah the live stream and I thought that was pretty fucking yeah cool. real innovative had I had I known of the technology that I do now it would have been better because before I was just I just had my phone out and I had the place going through my speaker so I was trying to keep the mic from feeding back yeah. and, uh, and it wasn't until after that that I learned that there's if you use your computer you can have it all synced in and it'll, so if I do one something like that again I'll have it'll be better audio wise but um, but yeah it was it was it was cool um, it, I just feel myself you know with the whole studio set up yeah I so, thought that was uh, really yeah. unique man that was really but, cool. uh, that one, the li- yeah, the live stream thing was cool, but it kind of, in my opinion, kind of died out kind of quick because everybody was doing it. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, and that just me, I just prefer prefer the uh, the in-person show. Right. I mean, you like definitely, that, yeah. in live with your performances mm-hmm. is a whole nother character as well, even from just watching your music videos. Brandon Had Enough Young live is a whole different feeling right. to a degree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You give a whole different, it's, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. it's a mood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I fucks with it. Uh, yeah. I had something else I was going to say to you. I done lost it. Uh, that song. Yeah. You were talking about you dropped a song on Valentine's Day. I also saw that, uh, I think, if I'm incorrect, I don't know why I always look at him as if he knows what I'm about to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just good to have someone to look at. Yeah. You know what I mean? You were dropping it on OnlyFans as well. Yeah, the only thing is I gave up on. Okay. Because okay. what... <laughs> I'm just curious about well, talk to people me. got confused I, I um okay OnlyFans is just like Patreon yeah uh, I did a bunch of in <clears throat> fact one of the main spokesmen that does like ads for for OnlyFans is actually an artist I think he's like an R&B singer so it's meant for content creators um how it turned into just a place where girls like sell nudes I'm not sure uh I know it, it, it blew up once the lockdown started. That's kind of when it... And I talked about that on a pod, on my podcast. With your... Uh, with a lady. Yeah, with, yeah, with Courtney Lisha. We were talking girl? about... Yeah. We were talking about that. And uh, I said, I, I really think OnlyFans was intended for, like, porn stars and strippers whenever, you know, the, the thing shut down. And they... Or a lot of them do it on the side. Like, every stripper I know has OnlyFans. And then there's porn stars who have it too it's and stuff market. like that so it's it's kind of to me it's kind of similar to like me going out doing shows but you know you can you can get you can get some content online as well right so um but it it's that's kind of what it's tied down to so and honestly i don't think the only fans thing really patreon is so much better and i said i said that on a live stream the last one i did and uh you know i got a uh I got people kind of getting interested in a Patreon. I think the OnlyFans with its title just didn't just didn't just didn't pan out. People are so used to news and whatever. I'm like, no, it's right. like music, it's content, like it's you know. So, but with OnlyFans, you only have to go to like a website link. There's a website link. OnlyFans is there's an app and a website, and uh, your e- so every time I post something, you're getting an email notification. Right. And uh, I don't think OnlyFans does that. So it's more of you have to know when there's some, there's something new posted. You gotta stay on top. Patreon is just a way better. It's just a way better uh, platform, I think. 
Um, you can do pretty much the same stuff. It's just that Patreon gives you a notification on your email or even through the app if you have the app on your phone. Because I'm a Patreon subscriber to a couple artists I like, so so I'm kind of aware of what it's like when you're the supporter. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, so uh, and, it, and it's dope because it's like, hey, here's a, a collab I did with another artist. He's not releasing it for another month, but you can hear it now. Or here's behind the scenes of this music video shoot. So they do stuff like that. So that's kind of, like I started doing the mini documentary, which uh, I have one, which was my first show of the year at Poor Decisions in Tulsa. And then one I'm, I'm working on right now, which was my last show in Fort Smith, Arkansas. So it's just, it's basically me. I mean, it's just with my phone. It's me packing up, packing, you know, my clothes and stuff like that since I'm staying over the night. Uh, get in the car, grabbing food, uh, driving, doing sound check. Hang out with people, so the big clips of us like just joking around and shit like that. So it gives a more in depth look. Yeah, yeah, life. and it's and I kept it just me filming it on my iPhone because it looks real personal. It's mm. not all packaged and stuff like that. So it's almost kind of like you're there with me. So so you get to see the show. I even get footage of the other guys performing. Um, so you get to see you know other artists as well. But it's yeah, so it's like real personal, but you kind of get to see some behind the scenes stuff. That's dope. And, and, it's, and the last one's kind of funny because it, it, it kind of rained and then it stopped once the show started. And then where I parked behind the venue was full of mud and I didn't realize till you ever like walked and you don't realize you're walking into the mud so you're already walking in mud. Right. And you hear that sound and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and so I did a video of me getting the, in the car and I'm like, and I just stepped in a shitload of mud, fuck, or something like that. And um, so stuff like that. So you get the, you get the, the action and you get and you get to see some funny shit that that tends to, to happen because it's life. That's real dope. That's real dope. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, but I'll do I'll post some of those like on social media, but majority of them I do will be strictly on Patreon. Hmm. So, I, uh, Patreon's still kind of new. It's not like I said. Majority of Patreon is like YouTube guys, like podcast guys on YouTube. See, that's how I know of Patreon. And yeah, I've been they're big on that. One, but... It's very rare for musicians. So it's it's a it's a it's a slow movement to kind of get people tied in because one thing you kind of have to think about like I tell artists this all the time those like man I just nobody wants to support the dud I said you kind of have to give a reason to like there's a something about the packaging so it's gonna take time to to really convince people hey this is worth ten bucks a month right. you know what I mean so especially if it's content they're used to seeing for free. Right, and, and for me, like if you if you give me an option, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get something for free, or if I'm gonna pay ten dollars, even though I can afford ten dollars, that's nothing. But if I could get it for free, so so once it kind of gets people get adjusted that hey, if if I support this artist for ten dollars a month, uh do I get all these extra perks? You know what I mean? So it's a build. It's a new thing, so it's gonna take kind of time to build. Right now, uh, a friend of mine, he's like my one Patreon member, so I text him. I was like, so uh, do you have any suggestions for something? Because I'll tell him if you're a Patreon member, you can say, hey, will you do a remix cover of like a, like on a <clears throat> Dr. Dre beat or, or a Red Hot Chili Peppers instrumental and make it your own or something? Or, hey, here's a cover. <coughs> hey, will you make a, mood, a song based on um, Taxi Driver or something? And you'll you know? do that. Yeah, yeah. I, a good portion of my songs uh, was inspired by a movie. Like, like the last song I put out was called Haunted Asylum, and um, I was watching a bunch of, I was watching, like, uh, Old Boy and uh, Itchy the Killer. I was watching a lot of, like, uh, all the fucked up, like, uh, you know, foreign films and stuff like that. So, so I made a real, so I made a song based on that. Real quick. yeah. As yeah. you brought up Ichi the Killer, you put me on Ichi. I saw, uh, yeah. I saw you made a post about it a while back. Yeah, what yeah. You, what were your thoughts on Ichi the Killer? Uh, it you gotta have a strong stomach. It's wild. It is. It is. It was funny. Was when I, I, I uh, first saw it, I got, conf- I didn't even know who Ichi the Killer was in the movie. Right. At first, you think it's it's the the main guy and the blonde it's the, dude. Yeah, and it's like the kid who who. Who doesn't mean, at first, it's like he doesn't mean to kill somebody or something like that. And he's really just like, just really like, just um, can't do anything right. Right. But yeah. So, yeah. Um, and a lot, and the funny thing is, is uh, a lot of people don't like foreign films because they don't like reading subtitles. Right. 
I watch. I have subtitles on when I even I watch American films mm. because that way I can catch everything that's being said. Because a lot of times certain people say things in films and you don't always catch every word. And I'm also ADD as 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 I'll get out, so <laughs> so I'll right. get distracted and then and stuff like that. But um, but no uh, uh, no uh, I'm I'm all for the the subtitles. So. I definitely enjoyed the film, man. I was uh-huh. really, uh, it was a, because uh-huh. then I, I journeyed into some of Takashi Mike's other stuff, but I found yeah. it, like I said, through you. Uh, I was yeah. really thankful. It's it's weird. It's fucked up. It's yeah, different, yeah. but it's it's definitely an experience. If you can yeah. handle it, go through that. You know yeah, what I mean? Uh-huh. I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, man. I had something else we were talking about. I mm-hmm. ran off of it. Uh, fuck it. Hey, you want to tell me a little bit about the the beginning of uh, Mugen Music and just how that all kind of came together, man? Yeah, um, when we started Mugen Music, um, we really started it intentionally for Tulsa in general. Um, we just felt like there was a lot of talent here. Mm. There was just no business. Um, there was a a lot of the buddy system was real strong here, which is which is cool and all. But it 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 prevents a lot of proper business. So explain when, the buddy system real quick. Um, okay, so somebody wants to do a show. He does a show. He only pit, picks his his closest buddies. Mm. If he doesn't know you, if you're not his homie or whatever, he won't even talk to you. Um, a lot of like biasness. Mm. You know what I mean? Like one person who's his homie can do all this, but someone else, you know, doesn't. So. There was it was just yeah this is really just real biased and stuff like that which I've been to I I've, I've, I've toured I've been to other cities a lot of music scenes are like that the, the so the buddy system is it does happen and in in a business it really has no has no place hmm. um, now when I do shows you know granted I put people on that that I'm friends with my reason behind that and I'll and I'll bring I bring new artists in all the time. Uh, but there's a certain level of artists I, I stick with because I know they'll promote, I know they'll show up on time, I know they'll be professional, and I know they'll put on a good show. So it's kind of like, and there's and honestly, there's 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 artists I'm friends with, I can't count on them to do half of that. So so that's where right. that's where I'm not a part of the buddy system. Um, but yeah, so we started moving music, saying I think Tulsa music needs just business. And Ryan goes, since I don't do music, I'm the business guy. He's owned a company for 25 years. So he's going to take that in there. Uh, you know, we're, we were talking contracts. Everything was like by the book, the way the industry does it. Our goal was to turn Tulsa music scene into Tulsa music industry. Um, it took a while for the venues. They weren't too crazy about the contracts. But the, the idea of the contracts, it wasn't like, hey, this is not something where you're going to get sued. This is all the contract state is like, this is everything that we're going to bring. Uh, and then we're just negotiating what they do, whether we get a door deal or they pay us through the bar or what, or they just give a flat rate. All right, so that's what we agreed on. But now you know kind of what expected of us. We will arrive for sound check at this time. Um, we will have this much merchandise, so we just need to know where to set up the merchandise. You know, so it's just everything's agreed on, and it's and it was just and and we we're also doing that to also to kind of stand out. But that's how industry does it. Like if you book a tour, you're, you a contract is involved. So if you book a tour, you know, in your city and you're the promoter, you know, they're gonna send you a contract and stuff like that, just to make sure everything is agreed and and stuff like that. Because you can't always take everyone at their word, right? So it's just it was just it was just the proper way to do it. And then and of course we have contracts. Like I, every time I release a single or an album, I'm signing like one because we're we're connected with Humag out of New Jersey which uh, is our distribution partner and so that's how he does it everything's like contracts and uh, it's you know so so we did stuff so that's kind of what we what we did that was our whole um, intention and um, and to tell you the truth man nobody did shows like we did um, I uh, I still Im- implement what I learned through Mugen whenever I'm just doing shows myself right but uh, there's definitely a brand that we had. We always had really interesting theme shows. Like I think we had like the Holiday Hangover, which was 
the day after Christmas Day, and the flyer had a drunk Santa Claus on it. So we do like you know fun stuff like that. Uh, I think on Valentine's Day we did a like ladies appreciation. So every female got like a free rose. We had a sponsorship at a like a, at a flower shop, so That's they would cool. get free roses. And we have like R and B artists who are like you know pretty boys and stuff like that. So you know what I mean. So just so we did just interesting things like that. But a lot of it had to do, especially we did hip hop shows. None of the hip hop shows in Tulsa were like ours. Really? Um, there was just a level of professionalism. Um, when we started our first uh, roster, we would perform kind of like NWA or Wu Tang. We play as a collective. We had a cipher song that caught a lot of a lot of attention, and so we would do, and that would be the 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 last thing that we did. But everyone would do like one song each, and um, when we uh, and then at certain shows, like we did a show with. Uh, DJ Yella from NWA when him and Lil Easy E came in town and then you know we all in honor of NWA we all were all black the way they did and we all kind of performed so there's so there's things like that and yeah just that was kind of the overall idea was to do things differently and we are so Mugen was idealistically you know trying to you know uh, like I said turn Tulsa music scene into Tulsa music industry then somehow through the internet we caught tension of people on the West Coast, people on the East Coast. We started meeting re- record I did executives. Did see you went to New York for a little bit? Yeah, um, that 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 came yeah that came later. But uh, we ended up making friends with A and R's and record executives out of California and New York, and some of them flew down here, and uh, they would check out some of the artists here, and uh, they're so low key you wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have known this guy managed Little Wayne. So, you know what I mean? So, but then you meet him and you're like, oh shit. You didn't know this guy um, was friends with Michael Jackson's drummer and has worked with Prince and all these guys, you know? And um, so you meet him and then find out who he is. So, uh, so that's what we, uh, so that's kind of what we did. That, that kind of just fell on our lap. And then we just started meeting people in other, other states who were part of, you know, the industry. And then Rob Schwartz, who's actually, he's from New Jersey. He's our distribution partner uh, with Orchard, so that's that broke us out of the CD baby where we started as far as distribution. So, um, so we got in contact with him, and then I got to do uh, an event in New York, mm-hmm. um, which was on the uh, it was the building where they had Daily Motion. Daily Motion is it's like YouTube. They're basically YouTube's biggest competitor, and. Um, one of the C- one of the CEOs there uh, put the show to, you know help put the show together like sound and all that, and uh, it was really interesting because I remember going inside the building, and then I was looking at all the different office that's in the building, and I saw a Dropbox and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool. So I don't know if you're familiar with Dropbox, but uh, that's where you uh, can share projects. Sh- yeah. I think I've yeah. actually, so. I'm not an internet guy. I've recently yeah, yeah. been learning. Yeah, internet, um, so. just I've used Dropbox numerous times because of music file. So I've never seen. I was like, shit, their office is in here too. So. Yesterday was the first day I received an artist's music in Dropbox ever. So yeah, that, that's yeah. where I just now learned. Yes, right sir. on. <laughs> so. But yeah, the New York experience. Um, it's. Uh, very like everyone there kind of have known each other like I, like I had people come up to me and said like you know we've all known each other since high school but it's uh, but it's but it was a it was a showcase and it was a lot of industry people um, I had one um, I got approached by a couple people one was he did like a multi media company and said hey we're looking for new artists and stuff like that so I think I, I ended up with like four or five business cards um, and then computer who was affiliated with um, Mob Deep approached me. He was there, and uh, so yeah, just like a lot of a lot of people in the hip hop industry that um, that that were there, and um, and a lot of them were just like guys from back in the eighties and the nineties and stuff like that. Uh, the DJ from Public Enemy, I met him for two seconds, didn't even know who he was till after the picture. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because <laughs> Rob's like, yeah, that's... And I was like... Because Rob, he definitely, like, he'd get a picture with this person and that person and stuff like that. And then it wasn't until afterwards. We're like, oh, whoa, that's... that's you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, he's connected to a lot of people. Um, and I did... 
a podcast interview with Rob as well. He talked about he actually released Jay Z's first single, really, in the late '90s. That was his. That's when he was working for another record label until he went to business for himself. But uh, that was one of his. Uh, and he was talking about in the interview about how everyone in the industry didn't think Jay Z was going to pop off. They're like. He'd do a ride, but like, is he really going to attract college kids? Is he radio worthy? And Rob was the guy that said, "No, this this dude's going to do something." Like I, you know, I I feel like he said he will pop off. Like the college kids will 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 rock with it, and and the industry will pick up. And uh, and he goes, "This is one of the reasons why uh, Jay Z went independent it's because same thing with Tech Nine. It's the reason why he went independent because." Nobody saw nobody in the industry, or at least the majority of people in the industry, didn't see a whole lot of potential. Mm. You know, and then now now they're like banging their head against the wall because they're the millionaires. Yeah. You know, so is that a common thing within uh, the music game? Is it labels don't necessarily want to invest in you? Industry doesn't want to invest in you, and you know what I'm saying? Unless the '90s, you you would like if you if you had talent or something like that, and at least had some markability. Mm. That yeah, and labels would invest in you. Now it's with the internet. They, they they look about how much, you know, how many followers you have and stuff like that. But uh, but even then, back then, if they didn't think you were gonna make the money and stuff like that. But so yeah, a, a, a lot of a lot of record labels from from what I under, from what I understand, aren't really in tune to to what what will work. Um, that's one of the things I do like about Rob Schwartz is that he is kind of about the he's about the he has his business game like on lock, but he's all about the music, mm. you know. And you meet a lot of record executives who don't know we don't know what this is or da 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 da, and they they'll stick to what's safe, to what's already trendy, and then that's where you get you know stuck hearing the same thing because they're not sure if they want to take a chance with something else. Right. But yeah, you'll um, yeah, being your own style. You'll definitely get overlooked a lot, and uh, but with guys like Mercules and Tom McDonald, they get they get big label offers all the time because they're doing millions of views and they've got all this devoted fan base. So, but they're doing. I know Mercury Mercury's signed to a label recently, but uh, they actually were able to elevate him as far as getting out there. So they are. They had some. Dog. Tom McDonald's got his shit locked. He doesn't need nobody. So, yeah. um, you know what I mean. So. And I don't know how many people know about this about Tom. I just I, I look at, at, at artists when they start to grow. Uh, I believe his physicals is kind of because he's like a millionaire now, and he used to be like super broke and all this stuff. But I notice he pushes his CDs a lot and his merch, and he's always posting about having t- like a whole living room full of boxes of merch, merch sales. And it's he's he's been he's managed to to build that fan base where. They want the CD, but he also kind of he won't put an album on on Spotify or anything. Like he'll put singles out, but if you want the full thing, you have to you buy the physicals because he knows mm. that's where the money's at. But looking at that, looking at you know you know him and the constant sales he's get, it's like okay, there's no wonder this dude's making <laughs> like this one. This dude's like worth twelve million. So uh, that's where I feel like a lot of artists, even locally, don't think about you know. Um, I, I like I, my inbox. I get full of people who want to jump on this show and that show, and I constantly tell people if the flyer's out and the, there's artist names, it's full. Hmm. And but there's a lot of hip hop shows where they'll just let anyone jump on at any time, and I play those shows and they're total chaos. That's <laughs> just and that's another thing I don't do. Like uh, I don't like throwing people on. If a couple people drop off and I have room, maybe, but I don't. I'd rather just start the show late and just leave it at what it was. Um, but yeah, I get tons of people hitting me up for shows, which is which is fine. It's it's just it's always can I jump on this show? Can I jump on that show? And it's just like no, <laughs> just like no. There's like it's full, and uh, and I get artists like I really want to play shows. And one time I, I I even said this, and I said, "Bro, I'm not being a dick or nothing. I'm just being completely forward. Why do you need to play shows so bad?" I was like, uh, do, you, do you have fans that are dying to see you perform? Do you have merchandise you're trying to sell? And he goes, I just want to perform. And I said, unless you've never played a show and you're just trying to pop that first cherry, I get it. But I don't. I told him, I don't understand the point of playing nonstop. I mean, if you just love to perform, that's cool. Just the way I think. If I didn't have merch 
if if I didn't have a following or nothing like that, I don't really I wouldn't see the point really. Mm. You know what I mean? So uh, because I mean just to me, just because I take it as seriously as I do, um, it's not like I'm all about the money, but I have invested in merchandise, and uh, and you got to make money to keep a business going. But I've been playing shows for 20 years. Right. so And I've had fun, and I always have fun performing, regardless if it's 500 people or if it's two people. Um, but it's just, I have bills, I have to eat, so um, it's fun, but it's still like a business. And right. I just don't see kind of the point of, of consistently performing because and furthermore it's really our venues to, and promoters are they still going to want to book you if you're showing up and nobody comes to see you and you just show up you perform and you leave doesn't really leave a, a, a great impression and and venues and promoters talk to each other they definitely they have to, some of them definitely talk to me and they're like they'll tell you they'll tell you like which guys they really feel is worth their time but if you're known for at least promoting and bringing people, and, it, and merchandise just shows that you you are a full-fledged operation, that you're more than just somebody who gets on a stage and raps. Right. So it leaves an impression. But you have more of a chance of someone saying, hey, I got Tech 9 coming, or I've got Insane Clown Posse, or I got Hobson, or, or what have you. Um, they're more to like kind of think of you because they saw how much promotion you put in Regardless if you're playing like, you know, five times a week, you know, how much promotion you're doing, um, how many fans are starting to gravitate to you, and, and def, you know, so those kind of help. If you're just the guy that just wants to play a show, show up, leave, I mean, you're, you're sadly easily forgotten. Hmm. And I think a lot of artists don't think about that. I think, uh, um, but, but I also, Keep in mind that a lot of them are starting out, so they're just trying to get that experience, which, which I understand. But I tell every artist I work with, I, I uh, and sometimes I'm real blunt about. It. I'm like, why don't you have merch? I said, dude, here, look, hit my guy up. Just get a graphic designer, hit my guy up, get a logo, hit this guy up. You'll probably spend about maybe 150, 200. Just get some t-shirts, sell them, keep ordering t-shirts, get get hats print some CDs, maybe just like mixtapes or demos, and have that. And uh, and then I've had a couple artists actually listen to me, and they did it, and they're like, shit, dude, bro, I made like, I made like 80 bucks, like profit at the show. You know, so yeah. they start to, it, it's just starting off with the whole merchandise, but I said, man, it's really like, you can do more. You can invest in social media ads, you can do more where you'll look more and more official. So try to try to tell other artists, you know, just, just little ideas. I tell them, hey, get a. There's an app. I think it's called Keeper Tax. I just discovered it the other day. So have it connect to your cards every time you, if you go on the road, you spend gas, you eat. Those could be tax write-offs. Hmm. So and it'll it'll hit you. It'll, what it'll do is it'll text you. Said you just pay twenty bucks for gas. Is this connect to your business? Just say yes, and then they'll they'll stuff like so. There's and then there's Acorn. This is a. Acorn is actually my favorite app because what they do is you have it connect to your bank. So every time that you spend something, it'll round up the change. And then it'll put it in like a, like a savings account. And then it will invest in stocks, whatever stocks they feel is working. And, then, and then you can say take 25 bucks or 50 bucks out of, your, out of your bank like a week or something like that. And then I've done that. You'll have like, you could have like two, 300 before you know it. And then you're like, okay, so that two or three hundred money you didn't have to, to, to invest in a bunch of merchandise or to, to invest in packaging a, an album or a mixtape, you have that. You know, so you have an app that's kind of forcing you to save and set money back, but it's also investing in stocks, which can, you know, can you can get, you know, some more money out of that. So right. um, so the and these are things I've done. And I try to tell artists to think about it. I said there's tons of apps that you can use that can really benefit yourself. So, and uh, it's not a common mentality that a lot of artists have, but it's um, it's the stuff I've looked into and I've I've experimented with. And uh, I yeah. love that you're a, a leader of sorts to to these up and coming artists. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Especially the ones that work hand in hand with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love that you uh, are open to hey man, do this. This is a better idea than what yeah. you're doing. You know. Well, what I mean? the problem is. Hip hop, rap, it's so uh, 
how what's the word I'm looking for? I guess it's become very basic and very con repetitive. Because now, because of technology, anybody can be a rapper. Anybody can be a DJ. Unfortunately, but yeah, anybody can do it. You know, now not everybody can do it. But honestly, doing it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> if it, but I can tell you this: if you put enough hours, like if you got a home studio, or if you just go studio, put enough hours, you can get good at something. I believe you can get good at anything as long as you put the work in. Um, like a skinny dude can be a bodybuilder if he puts in the work. You know what I mean? I've, I've seen skinny guys who are, who are fucking ripped now. <laughs> so, yeah, if you put enough work in, you can probably be good at anything. So, but, yeah, everyone can do it. So, to me, it's just like, how do you stand out? Um, like, a buddy of mine, like, hates Tom McDonald. Talks, he's like, I hate his music, and he's so cringy, and he's just this and that. I said, I, I, I understand, but you have to understand that him, but he still has a certain title. Like, Granted, he, he stands out in a lineup. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the hair, the face tattoos, you know. He does not, even though, like, the face tattoos is kind of a thing, but still, overall, he looks different. And he has, even though, like, I feel like a lot of his songs kind of are still kind of the same concept, but it's more of you're being consistent. You know your audience wants to hear you talk about this. So, um, but that's just the thing is that and he's also speaking out against what hip-hop is doing as far as pushing xanax you know right and stuff like that and so he is you know speaking out against the norm and what's what's trendy now and so now people are gravitating to it because there's a whole bunch of people who are like yeah i'm sick of this shit too like it hasn't been that you know i missed the 90s kind of thing you know so that's kind of that's kind of what he does so, but he's doing something different. He's not mumbling about doing Xanax, which is what people are used to. He's, you know what I mean? So, to me, it's just like the, and that's just the music portion. That's just the packaging and marketing part of it. But also, your image, what you're doing. So, to me, I look at what everyone's kind of doing. And I kind of right. want to do the opposite. But I look at different ways. The hardest thing, especially in this era, is to make money from music. Because thanks to as great as Spotify is, artists don't make a whole lot of money from it. Hmm. So you know, so you have to find a reason. What can I do to make people still buy CDs? You know, because you'll make more money from CDs. And I tell people they still sell. I, I sold I sold six CDs last weekend. So when people try to tell you CDs are done, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> they said that because Best Buy said they weren't going to sell CDs anymore, but their sales were low. But for independent people will still buy CDs, hmm. so uh, just want to <laughs> some people to know that's still that's still a thing. But but when it comes down to the business side, I always think of different ways because I tell people like you know like a lot of I know a lot of artists who have like minimum wage jobs. They don't make a lot, and um, I mean I, I work like you know two two other odd jobs outside of music. So but I try to come up with different ways where you because you kind of have to stand out if you're another rapper who says i rap about the club i rap about this there's 10 million other guys that do the same thing so you kind of get lost in there and then people are like who cares like oh um you're like oh hey i you know i kind of sound a little bit like post malone or like well i just listen to post malone who cares about you? You know, and <laughs> yeah. that's how people. That's how people think, though. I mean, you're that, right. they're like, why would I listen to the carbon copy when I can listen to the real thing? Fuck you. Right. You know, yeah. that's that's how people think. So, you have to be like your own thing, and so uh, I mean, be inspired by other by other people, but at the same time, like, um, like Little Peep is a great example. Like to this, like people say they felt he was the Kurt Cobain of of hip of hip hop of this era. Like he was the Kurt Cobain of this era. You know, and some people might say he's the, you know, he he made emo rap. You know, he formed emo rap or something like that. Whatever, however they feel. I, I always thought I always thought he was like a pop punk rapper, or no, he was more like a pop punk singer. I because I never feel like he was a rapper. I don't know what mm. you call little people rapper, um, but um, but he had his own style. Nobody sounds like him. And trust me, I've had artists come to my studio who try to sound like him. <laughs> And uh, but they're but I understood they were like I'm just a big fan. I was like, yeah. well, take things that you like about him and inform it into your own, because they wanted me to do the same, like a reverb, 
and the pitch crit and everything and and uh but that shows you how legendary an artist would be when nobody can can mimic that hmm. you know so to me that's the big 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 thing that i think artists should do and then when you kind of have that everything kind of falls in line and everything comes a little easier you just got to figure ways to kind of keep it keep it going hmm. and so that's where i come up with apps and, and stuff like that so like acorn like keeper tax where you can keep the funds coming in because the more money you have the more you can the more uh the better graphics you can make, the better the better beats you can buy, the better mixing. So, because when you really look at how much labels actually spend on artists to get them famous, it's it's close to the millions. Like they spend a lot of money to 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 get them where they're at, and and, um, and there's a lot of pay to play options. The music industry is plagued with pay to play, hmm. but but if it's something that works. And I'm not really against pay-to-play if it works for you. I've had artists call me and ask me, hey, this guy offered me this. Is it a good idea? And, um, and I've done, I've done pay-to-play, pay-to-play gigs. I only do it like if, if it's like a national artist. If it's, um, if it's suicide, if suicide Boys and it come, is coming to town and someone said, hey, it's, I'm throwing a number, 400 to get on. Well, that's going to be a sold-out show, and Suicide Boys is very popular. <laughs> So that's that's a lot of money to make in merch, and that's a lot of fans to make. Makes Potential sense to fans. Do it. It's a good yeah. business move. But when someone says, "Hey, there's a local show at the Shrine that that you can that if you know the Shrine or you know Blackbird and Pearl or these Tulsa venues, if you know them, if you know the people who run the venues, you can get a show." But it's like, "Hey, this guy said pay hundred bucks and get on the show." I said, "With who? Other locals?" So why don't you just bring out the venue and book these locals and do the show yourself and then make money instead of paying this motherfucker? Right. And it's just like I said, no, don't pay to play to get on local shows. That's the biggest ripoff. But uh, but you can. But if it's for a national act that you know there will be people there and you'll know you can make that money plus more. Or if it's a tour, um, I mean, really, you're gonna invest money to do touring regardless of anything. Uh, but Tech Nine even admitted he paid to play to get on tours, but he was. We're talking tours with like three six mafia, Twista and all that. So, hmm. so but he said that's kind of how he got in there, and that way he uh, could get in front of that many people and get and get to like rub shoulders with you know hip hop legends and stuff like that. So there's an interview he talked about that, and he said there's nothing wrong with that. That's what I'm saying. It depends. When done properly, it sounds like a good business move to pay to play. But if you like, as you said, if you're just doing yeah. it with other local, it makes no sense. You guys should all just be yeah. getting together and for free. There's pay to pay promoters I'm real close to. If it's even in the, sh- they'll give you like tickets where you can make your money back, plus more. Um, now, if you're from out of state, I know that's like less than that's almost impossible. But uh, but if it's local and you're opening up for a national act, but I've heard shows where they'll make artists pay to play and it's free. So there's like, and it's like fifty bucks a slot, and I'm like, why? Hmm. You know, for a for a venue, you can play, you can put your own show on together. <laughs> you know, right. so, so yeah, there's a, there's definitely like scams that go on left and right, and definitely during the quarantine lockdown, there was a lot of scam artists, um, that was going on. A lot of people were saying, hey, pay me this, I can do this, and so around that time, because they knew everybody was on the internet. And a lot of artists couldn't play shows, and they're trying to figure out what to do with, with what to make the next move. So it was it was prime time for like scam artists to come out and say, "Hey, I can make you famous if you pay me three racks." Right, <laughs> so, man. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, man, we're nearing the uh, end of the interview, man. There was a yep. couple more things I wanted to ask you, but uh, we got uh, another appointment at two o'clock, which oh. is coming quick as fuck. Yeah, um, but there were some other things I wanted to ask you, man. So if you get time, I'd love to have you back on the show. Yeah. Just a, you're a Absolutely. wonderful talker as All well. Right. You know what I'm saying? I can tell you've been podcasting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, man, do me a favor. Go ahead. Uh, plug everything that you're doing right now where they can find you, uh, your podcast. Plug your homegirl's podcast, too. I remember she had one. Uh, the girl that was on the um, podcast. She had one, but uh, they're not doing that anymore. Oh, okay. That's I know unfortunate. she. Me and her are talking about doing one. We're just coming up with a concept, a name. Um, and that was because it was requested. Uh, someone, saw, A few people saw our episode, and they just said, hey, we don't have podcasts with 
guys, you know, because I mean, her looks similar and all that because of, you know, you know, the goth thing. So, um, uh, they just said, hey, uh, like a male and a female both talking about this. You guys could talk about horror movies and heavy metal and all this stuff. And so, yeah. so I was like, okay, I brought it up to her. She's down with it. We're just trying to come up with a name, but we're definitely going to do that. Um, but I know she's, I think she's doing like a live stream podcast. I can't remember the girl's name. I know she does like all the, like the ghost tours, like where they, they take on a tour, they take on a bus around town. They say there was, you know, uh, urban legends about, you know, ghosts. And a uh, uh, murder mystery, like here in Tulsa. I went on a couple. They're pretty cool. That's dope. So I think they did that where they could talk about certain, like, supernatural events that happened in Tulsa, where it was at. I don't know if she's still doing it. I know they did a couple of live streams. So, so yeah. Um, I guess to plug everything, the best spot to go to would be hadenoughmusic.com. Mm. That's my main website. If you go there, there's there's links to all the social media. So whatever you prefer, Facebook, Instagram. Um, and then YouTube. So yeah, and then there's um, and then there's a link. There's a a, a web store. Um, it's a secondary uh, company that we're linked in with. So you can and it's got everything. So you can order face masks, hoodies, baseball shirts, coffee mugs. It's got my logo on it. So and you can even customize what color you want. And so what it does is, and I tell everybody we don't have any of this inventory. This is. If you want to buy whatever I, I have, physical, you just have to contact me uh, personally. I can mail or meet up with you, but you always find it at the shows. So we kind of did this so that way we could have tons of merch for me and the other Mugen artists, but we don't have to have like a whole warehouse full of shit. Right. So it's a secondary uh, warehouse, and, and they'll get an order for, let's say they get an order for a blue hoodie, and they'll just print that blue hoodie, and then they'll mail it to them and stuff like that. So, that's dope. That's dope. So, so that's set up. So you can go, and then and then I'm on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much every app you can think of. My music's on TikTok, so I just found that. <laughs> so, um, um, so there's that. And uh, I actually just started getting paid from TikTok. I mean, we're talking like 20 cents, but I guess I guess somebody, I don't know, somewhere I guess somebody did a video dancing to one of my songs. I would like to see that, but, but I did put, I did use a couple of songs because I do have a TikTok. I just don't use it that much. Um, I'll, I'll do, I do a lot, I do a lot of like clips, video clips when I'm out hanging out with people. Um, and, uh, definitely if I'm hanging out with females, I do that, but I'm known for doing that, like in my stories and then I'll put it up on TikTok. and, um, I'm kind of figuring it out. You know, I'm not, I'm not into really TikTok, but I'm working it out because you can get like a lot of followers and views like real quick. Right. So I'm or- orchestrating that where I can kind of collect a followers there and then get them into get them involved into the the podcast get them involved into the music and, and stuff like that and, and i i discovered a couple artists who are huge on tiktok and that's all they do they do freestyles they do the duet thing where they'll rap someone will rap no go silent for them. four bars and he'll jump in and i actually been mean to do something like that i just I have to sit down listen to him right you know so i've been thinking of doing that uh for fun but um but yeah, there's a lot of artists that popped off on TikTok, and then, and uh, there's fuck, I can't remember. Uh, two months ago, I met a guy that I thought was super dope, and uh, he he almost looks like me. He just has a full beard, and he's a little bigger, hmm. but we have the same hair and like so. <laughs> but he's like from I can't remember the dude's name because uh, he spells it all weird. But he, I know he's from Colorado, and I found I just randomly found him on TikTok, and he's got like fucking 80,000 followers but I feel like it's a good move yeah (laughs) Uh, was there anything else you wanted to plug brother um well I got a new EP coming out called Echo Chambers okay and I got a few local in my opinion local heavy hitters on it um I got Tyler Grease um who's a really if you who's a really good artist um and then there's Brett Michaels from a, a pop punk band called Wolf Ugly. Okay. Yeah. He used to work with him. Yeah, yeah. Me and him got a song on there. And then Sleek, who's the front vocalist of Freak Juice, which is a very legendary band from here. Juice Maker Lounge, Freak Juice. They own Juice Maker Lounge. Uh, Tori Ruffin, he was in um, 
he's been part of it. He's been back from to here. America, yeah, he was in back. Yeah, coming to America. Yeah, so that's his. Yeah, so that, everyone that knows him likes to connect to that because every time you watch any movie, you're like, hey, I know this guy, you know. Yeah. But um, and I actually do have a show at Juice Maker Lounge in May. Okay, I think May dope. May fourteenth. Um, I'm doing a couple. I'm doing a couple shows with an artist from St. Louis. I bring I bring him out here called Zeus Rebel Waters. Okay, you guys get a chance to check him out. Um, another another example of an artist who has all his has his this, the finance financial edge on lock, but has his own style, his own look. That's dope. Um, I had him on the podcast, which was really good. Um, I know I'm kind of plugging him, but uh, that's my guy, so that's I gotta fine. plug him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he talked about he uh, got to work with. Um, I'm trying to think of who it was. I know he had a song with... Um, I can't even think who they were. I guess go to my podcast and check out the interview. But um, no, he had a song with um, a couple big name artists and it was on the, the Sopranos. Okay. And stuff like that. So I, for the life of me, can't remember what the, the artists were. But um, Mac-10, that's who it was, Mac-10. I can't remember who the other one was. No, Mac-10 and Nate Dogg. That's who it was. Mm. He had a song with Mac-10 and Nate Dogg, and, and obviously before Nate Dogg passed. But, uh, yeah, he did that. He's got a label. He signs artists. He manages artists. He tours a lot. And he's got a mer- merchandise going. And so so me and him have a lot in common. And uh, and so um, so I'll bring him out there. He brought me out to St. Louis uh, sometime last year. So me and him work together a lot. That's dope, so he's man. he's definitely an artist to check out. So that's real dope. That's yeah, real dope. Uh, well, man, let me go ahead and plug up our social media, yeah. and then uh, you can find us at uh, a underscore broadcasting on Twitter. Uh, why do I always look at you? Um, uh, it's weird. Uh, Insta with all so due weird. respect zero zero one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Facebook with all due respect podcast, and if you want to send uh, fat booty pics, man, send it to the email at with all due respect podcast. Ding, zero zero one at gmail.com. I don't know. TA usually plugs all of this. Uh, also, man, yeah, check out the radio show, man, on ninety nine point one WADR radio. Ninety one, nine nine one one is yeah, the 911. radio station. Uh, Tia, is in the building. Uh, Brandon. <laughs> Brandon's in the building. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. We really enjoy rocking with you, brother. Uh, it was definitely a good time, man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Well Done Podcast. I'm your host, Castro X, and we out. <laughs>